everyone, and welcome to episode 30 of the Infinite Boost podcast. I know that I say this every time, but episode 30 is another excellent one featuring this time McLando, the streamer, member of Free Play Streamhouse, and also the coach of RLRS Team Monkey Business. We had a really good conversation, of course, about Rocket League, and his story is just so interesting because of what Rocket League has done for him in his life and just the things that it's unlocked for him. We talk about that. We talk about RLRS. We talk about coaching. He's also a coach on Gamers Ready, so if you like what he has to say, you can also find him there. And he has a really cool story that he shares about how he met Randy and the impact that Randy has had on his life as well. All in all, lots of great insights from this episode. Really good conversation. McLando is just such a nice guy. And if you have ever caught his stream, he's very similar in this conversation that he is on his stream. Just very laid back, easy to talk to. He was just a really fun guy to chat with. Some of you already may know this, but I was spending most of February only practicing instead of playing any games. And now that February is finally over, I'm back to playing games. And with that, I would like to bring back Roulette League. So this Friday, that when this episode comes out, which would be the 6th of March, we are going to do Roulette League in the evening in my Discord. So if you are not already in the Discord, this is a great reason to come and if you don't have any plans already for Friday evening be sure to stop by we will probably start around 7:30 or 8 central time depending on when people start showing up it's a great time it's a lot of fun it's a nice group of people in the discord I really enjoy it and have been missing it so be sure to stop by for that it's gonna be a hoot and a half and enough of me talking in the intro Let's get to the real talking. Roll the show. Also, before we get going, I just want to let you guys know that the audio for this one was just a little bit weird. I'm not sure exactly what happened with it, but I did the best that I could. Hopefully, you'll still enjoy. Thanks for understanding. had one of your roommates on the show (laughs) a little bit a while ago and then she was nice enough to offer to uh say hey you should do this and here you are so thanks for (laughs) thanks for taking the time it was really funny because uh i was walking around in the hallways and i heard heard her talking so i knocked on her door and she uh she texted me saying hey hey i'm uh i'm recording an interview right now i was like oh sorry sorry So I didn't yeah. know that that was it at the time, but it's really funny that I'm on it now because now I'm expecting her to knock on the door <laughs> for like revenge. Well, I've I've never had two people on the show at the same time, so <laughs> it would it would be all kinds of firsts if that were to actually happen. Before we before we get into actually talking about Rocket League, how mm-hmm. have you enjoyed uh, being in the free play? It's free play streams, right? Yes, free play streams. Uh, we shortened it to FPS. We moved in October 1st, so we'll be having about, what is it, how many months now? October, November, December, January, February, it's about four months. It's been awesome, man. I mean, just getting everyone together, uh, Southern California, it's exactly what you'd expect. (laughs) Everyone's just kind of doing their own thing, but we all get together to make videos. It's pretty awesome. Now, where are you from originally? Are you from the California area, or did you also have to move to get there? 
So I originally grew up in Northern California, but I moved to Washington um, for college. Okay. And then when I finished that, I came back down here um, about a year ago. And did you start streaming when you were in college? Yep, I started like, streaming. Like, did you get out of college and streaming was going well, so you just kept doing it? Yep, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I was. Uh, I streamed a lot during my last year of college because I took an extra year, so I had a little bit extra time. Uh, by the time I was done, I actually had work related to my degree, but I wasn't enjoying it that much. Mm. <laughs> Funny enough how that surprise, works. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, so I decided to put streaming up a little bit more seriously, and it, it worked out. That's awesome. That's great. So there's a little bit of history about your Rocket League experience, but why don't you take me all the way back to when it first began and, uh, yes. and up to up to now? This is actually a really good story because I hated Rocket League before I played it. <laughs> I thought it was just the dumbest looking game. I was like, why on earth would I want to play a soccer game with cars when I could just like go outside and play soccer? That doesn't make any sense to me. Um. But then my friend's like, no, you really got to try this. So I sat down on his computer. I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And I scored my first goal. And I looked at him like, I need to do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. And at the time, I wasn't doing pretty good. I, w- I wasn't doing very well financially. So I, um, I was like, man, I really can't get this game right now. He's like, no problem. I got you. So he gifted me Rocket League. And I've been playing it pretty much every day since. And how how soon after release was that? When did you start playing? I believe it was about a year and a half after release. Oh, wow. So yeah. a bit of time. Yep. So it was around the tail end of 2016 is when I started playing. And then how many how many hours are you up to now? I'm um, just short of 6,000. Oh, my golly. <laughs> That's awesome. I can't remember who I said this to, but I said it in an earlier episode of the podcast. I said that like, I, I really am focused on improving my skills in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of me feels like I, I play this game too much, uh, for like how much, like I'm playing it. I, I tell myself that I played this game too much. And right now I'm sitting probably right around 3,100 hours. And then mm-hmm. I talk to people, especially yeah. like, just like you <laughs> yep. that have been playing the game a year <laughs> less than me and you have almost double my hours. And then I'm thinking, I don't play the game enough. Yeah. There's the it's different for everybody i mean everyone learns at different rates but the thing to remember is that you just got to enjoy it you know if you're not enjoying the game you shouldldn't be playing it that's my mm-hmm. opinion so i just really enjoy the game yeah did you ever have a game before rocket league that you enjoyed as much or put as much time in over such a long extent of time um the only thing that really comes close is CS:GO but I only did that for about a year before I was calling it quits so nothing nothing to that extreme no And and you feel like you just what what is it about Rocket League that has just struck you differently that has kept you around for so long It is as close to a real sport as you can get like I feel the same way if I'm playing like a pickup game of football with friends it's just it's awesome just seeing that you can really match up with equal people equal skill all the time and just kind of challenging yourself every day it's really cool that you're able to push yourself skill wise in this game because it requires a lot of skill so it's just you have a daily challenge to like improve yourself did you grow up playing a lot of sports um, I grew up watching a lot of sports, so that might okay. be why this kind of flourished with me is because it's something I could actually do. 
Um, whereas other sports, I, I'm kind of a clumsy guy, <laughs> <laughs> but I got I got decent hands, so at least I got that going for me. And hey, that's all this game takes is yep. good hands. <laughs> so where do you sit MMR wise? Because you've been grand champ for at least what a couple of years now. Uh, yeah, I think it's actually been a couple of years. A little bit, a little bit more, but um, I'm probably around like 1750 MMR and threes somewhere around okay. there. And one thing that I've noticed, especially with myself recently, is how um, how much room for improvement I have when it comes to my individual ability. So mm-hmm. I'm talking about like ones. My ones rank right now is I think my MMR floats in between like 700 and 720 like there are a lot of uh, deficiencies that i have when it comes to me taking care of myself in a game are you grand champ in ones as well do you play ones Mm -hmm. like where's that for you yep (laughs) okay ones is a a very key key reason of why someone can get better individually and kind of rely on themselves like you were saying um i think it's very important to practice all aspects of the game just so that you're a well-rounded player uh, definitely taking ones into consideration. A lot of people get frustrated at ones, but I take it as an opportunity to not be able to blame anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's a big problem people have nowadays is that when they play threes, they're like, ah, I'm losing because of this guy. I can't believe I get this guy over and over again. But at the end of the day, if you play ones, you're having the same complaints, but they're at yourself. So you're kind of forced to make that that humbling choice, if that if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, I mean... If you're good enough, you can always find an excuse for why you're losing that has <laughs> nothing to do with you. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, going back to talking about just kind of like your skill level a little bit, how quickly uh, were you able to get to like the GC rank once you once you started playing? Oh, I learned very slowly. Um, I did not pick up the game very quickly at all at the beginning. Uh, it took me a long time to learn stuff, but I was really persistent at it uh, to the point where I, I always feel like I have something to learn. A lot of people feel burnt out, but I just have this slow progress that makes me pretty interested in the game still. So I guess it's just a blessing in disguise. You can you can really sit and focus on something for a long... I mean, obviously, if you have 6,000 hours, you <laughs> don't mind putting a lot of time into something. Yeah. I just, I, it comes down to everybody learns at different rates and, you know, you'll get where you're going eventually, but everyone's ceiling is different too. So, because, uh, oh, oh, no, go, ahead, go ahead, sorry. Sorry, um, just because everybody learns at different rates, I mean, it doesn't determine how good you can become in the future. So, um, you you pushing yourself at the beginning and not getting results doesn't mean you won't be better down the road, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. it's more so just trusting the process and seeing how good you can get personally. So when you, as you were kind of first starting in the game, what was maybe one of your first big roadblocks that you hit in that learning or growing process uh, as, as you were beginning to learn the game? Um, and maybe if you, if you can remember any kind of big breakthrough you had that was able to take your abilities to a, a higher level yep i remember it um first time i hit gc i was really excited i started to try out for some better teams was really confident i had most things down even though i had just recently hit gc 
And the team I tried out for said, you can't fast aerial properly. <laughs> I was hmm. like, what? What do you mean? Like, I, I'm grand champ. I know how to fast aerial. I couldn't have made it without it. Like, nope, you're doing it completely wrong. And I went over one of my replays, and sure enough, I had been fast aerialing incorrectly the entire time. Huh. So a lot of people talk about this, and a lot of, I especially in, like, Sunless Cons, um, you know, what rank are they kind of video, you'll hear them say, oh, they don't fast aerial. Yep. I've, I've heard that a lot in videos recently. So, and I, I would say that when I go for touches in the air, if I don't hesitate, I can do a pretty decent job of beating people to the ball, whether or not I actually get a good touch. We don't have to talk about that part, <laughs> but I feel like I'm pretty, pretty, pretty fast to the air. So can you like go over the maybe go over the differences of what you were doing and what you thought was a fast aerial as opposed to like what is actually a fast aerial? Yeah, so uh, I'm coaching now. So this is this has been a process that I've gone over a few times. <laughs> it's funny enough because I always say like I used to do this. So I'll try to walk you through the same process that I went through. But um, I have default boost, which means that I have to roll my thumb to jump and boost at the same time for mm, a proper mm-hmm. fast aerial. What I was doing was I was hitting the buttons rapidly. So I thought that little like five to 10 milliseconds where I wasn't boosting didn't matter. It makes all mm. the difference. <laughs> and that, that's where the problem lied is that I was keep I kept getting beat to the ball. And I didn't really understand that that was why because it was so, ins- so insignificant. But the problem was that um, it's just a big difference, even though it doesn't seem like it. So you have to hold boost out the entire time, making sure that it's a it's a fluid process because just that little sputter where you don't have boost going makes all that difference. After that first jump, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, even before it, it's it's right right when you start, right when you start your jump, you have to have boost down the entire time. Oh, okay, sure. Because that's where the advantage lies. Because then you're immediately getting that extra burst of speed. Mm-hmm. So then, once you could fast aerial, you were just ready to go. I mean, I had a lot of other things that I uncovered <laughs> after that. I mean, it never ends, man. <laughs> There's always something else you got to work on. Even even pro players have have stuff that they have to work on daily to to get the upper edge. But that's just part of the process. So when you first started playing the game, and maybe first started is not exactly when to talk about because of course when you first started, you know literally nothing. So yeah. <laughs> even even playing games you're learning something and and figuring things out but uh when maybe say once you like hit the uh mid diamond to low champ range how would you spend your time in the game did you learn by playing a lot of matches did you learn by spending a lot of time in free play like what was your process so i think about 80% 80% of my hours uh, on Rocket League have been streamed on Twitch. <laughs> so probably not the most focused environment for improving, but I'd always you know, try to learn from what I was doing wrong, try to reflect on stuff and go over why I think things didn't work. And I had feedback from other people as well. A lot better players would be watching me and telling me what they noticed. So that was kind of a tool I had as well. But uh, my time was kind of just spent being an entertainer and just trying to get better at the same time. So probably not the most pristine environment for improvement but it worked out i mean you're 1750 so you're still obviously doing something right <laughs> so 
So when when did you realize that Rocket League was something that just clicked with you? Or have you always been pretty good at video games and it was just a translation over to Rocket League? Or did uh, Rocket League kind of stand out from other things? Well, I gamed a lot ever since I was a kid, but I never played multiplayer games a whole lot growing up. And not, nothing really fit for me multiplayer-wise just because... It always seemed like people were way too good or I just didn't like the game enough. But this was kind of a game where it was in its early stages to where I could latch onto it and have a good learning environment as well as still enjoy it a lot. So I think that's where it separated this game from another one. Hmm. What were your what kind of games did you play mostly? Uh, my roommates were really into Call of Duty, Battlefield, but it just seemed like everyone was so good at those that even if you 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 know you're on day one, you you'd get shot across the map and not understand why. <laughs> and have there's a very high uh, barrier of entry. I feel like yeah, those, especially I just throw now. my hands up just wondering what happened half the time, and that wasn't fun for me. I I can understand that. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if people new to the game now feel like that. Like if somebody I, if somebody is just coming into the game now, and of course, I mean I I haven't experienced bronze or silver in a really long time, but I'm sure that it's better than like when we started playing the game, that the skill level is higher. I wonder if people get frustrated quickly, uh, and just decide to give up before they really even get started with the game and. Some of that, I think, is because it is such a different game. Well, I think my um, my assumption on that is that I got in right when that was ending as far as like the easiness factor because, I mean, the game had been out for almost a year and a half at that point. Um, so I had to, a massive hill to climb already at the beginning where people already knew all the touches. They had been watching RLCS, figuring out what all the pros were doing. Um, I... From just just from what I hear from people from seasons four onward, just they have the same concerns I had when I was starting, and I just didn't know how to get better. Uh, didn't really know what to do. There's a lot more material nowadays for new players, so it's not it's not really that much different. Yeah, the skill ceiling is ri- rise for the average player, but there's more resources to get better if you're motivated. Yeah, that's that's very true. There is a lot of good stuff out there. Um, and speaking of that, so you're coaching an RLRS team this yep. season. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how long have you been in the coaching game as well? Like, do you do gamers ready or one on one stuff? Or uh, tell me a little bit about like how that came to be. So I have done gamers ready for about a year now, um, pretty consistently, I'd say. Uh, but the RLRS coaching hadn't happened until about a month ago. So that's pretty recent, <laughs> and that's a whole another playing field because there's a lot more to to consider with players that are not only really good but way better than you are, <laughs> and how to how to help them. So um, usually when I coach people, they're at least you know similar skill level of me or below. Mm-hmm. So this is a really big change of pace. But the biggest thing is that everybody has weaknesses, even the best players, and you have to kind of figure out what they are and work with them on it. So what are what are some of the things that you notice I guess transitioning into working with those guys on a consistent basis uh and 
of course, I don't want you to just throw out every single weakness <laughs> that your players have. All right, yes. By Eat any means. Business. <laughs> this, this isn't any like a uh, recruiting show or scouting show for somebody else. Right. But uh, like, I think when I had Silent Echo on the show, the former coach of Ghosts, mm-hmm. you know, he talked, and of course, this was RLCS, uh, which is which is certainly different to an extent. You know, he he mentioned that it wasn't necessarily about working on mechanics at that point. It was more just the actual technique of the game. So, yes. are you working with these guys, uh, the monkey business guys? on different mechanics or noticing things that they do wrong on a consistent basis and working with them to like maneuver or fix those things. What do you spend? What do you see yourself spending a lot of time doing? So the mark of a good coach is that you don't tell your players what to do. you you help them figure out the conclusion themselves. So I have to give them an environment where they feel like they're good to learn in and that's kind of hard to do because a lot of these players get so frustrated by putting all this time in, facing a loss, and then not being able to bounce back. Every team loses. There's not a team alive today that has not lost at least once, so they have to be able to bounce back. That's something that, that's very important. So it's kind of reliant on me to make sure that the team knows that we can progress forward strongly and making sure that that's an option without giving away too much of what we do. But Sure. Um, yeah, I feel like there are plenty of teams out there that when they lose, they have a very negative impact going into the next series because they have that thought in their head that we already lost. We need to make sure we're not doing the, the wrong things again. I'm really worried about this series. Like, you got to ditch that mentality. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. Uh, when I chatted with Turtle for the first episode a long time ago, you know, we actually ended up getting into a really good conversation about mindset and mentality and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And he said, even within the same game, if he made a mistake, he would immediately put himself in this place of like, okay, basically he had a negative balance. Like he, if he did something good, it just made up for the bad thing that he did. Right. Like he was already putting pressure on himself to perform better. And of course I've never done, I mean, I've done things at a professional level, I guess, like in terms of my job and things of that nature, but I've never played a game or a sport at a professional level. And the way that I look at it is, you know, you've put in time, you know, you've put in thousands of hours practicing and playing this game. And as much as it seems counterintuitive, the only way that you're going to be able to perform at your highest level when everything is on the line is just allowing your instincts to take control. Yeah. And a big problem is that, you know, it comes down to game five, you know, each team wants it and there's five minutes between you and victory. It's a lot of pressure, (laughs) especially for some of these kids that are like 15, 16. Like I, I couldn't tie my shoes straight when I was 15 or 16. I don't know how these guys do it, but um, they're put on such a spot that is so difficult. And that they have to be tested to the highest degree because that's that's how you figure out what the best team is, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, it's very difficult to have somebody be completely calm in that scenario. So you have to try your best to nullify those nerves and the negative mindset of saying, "What if I fail?" Uh, it's just it's it's a difficult situation, and that's kind of where coaches come in to play. Is where 
we have to help them through that situation of you can do it. I've seen you done do this before. Just go out there and do it, you know. And it it seems it seems so backwards to to just say like you you've done everything that you can do up to this point. Like and it's so cliche, but just do your best. Yeah. Like and all you can do is do everything that you can right now to win. And if you don't, then it's it's back to the drawing board. Like beating yourself yeah. up, insulting yourself or, you know, saying, Oh, I suck, I'm worthless, I'm bad. <laughs> all that stuff doesn't do anybody any good. All you can say is like, Okay, XYZ were the mistakes I made. Where do I go from here? How do I fix it? What do we need to work on so that we can be better the next time around? There's too many times we're in a series where just one mistake causes a single player to just shut down and cost the whole series. So it's a it's a difficult thing to manage. Uh, I don't know if there are any trade secrets here, but uh, <laughs> is there anything, things that you have, and everybody's different, right? So what you do for your players might not necessarily work. So even if you can uh, broaden out kind of what you've, found that has worked for your teammate or your players um can you like expand on that a little bit well i just think you know for every every coach out there you have to find what works for your team i mean it's not gonna just translate equally to each team i mean people receive certain things differently um definitely just test stuff out and see what works i know that uh for me i like to be a humorous guy when i'm on the field even if even if we're we're losing something, I feel like just having a good time is really important because that kind of boosts the morale of what you're doing. Um, but yeah, I I feel like each team is different, so you kind of have to experiment, explore. There's no really trade secret I can reveal unless it's like for a certain team, if that makes sense. So if you're doing something for yourself and your team, experiment and try to figure it out. So speaking of like finding your own way and also rlrs and things of that nature you've mm-hmm. actually gone through a f- at least two or three rounds of rlrs qualifiers uh trying yep. to play through them and whatnot right mm-hmm. yep uh, i've made play-ins three times at this point so <laughs> it's been fun making it but i've always had a pretty bad performance when it comes to play-ins <laughs> you personally or like as a team uh, you know, it's a mixture. I probably probably more the team, just because I, I hate to throw myself too far under the bus. But some have been my fault more directly. Some of the other team, but as a collective, it's just been everyone. And do you feel that is it more uh, gaps in your game, or just in the moment mistakes that occur? I mean, just other players are just way too good. <laughs> I mean, they. They wanted it more. I mean, where I took the streaming route and would be more of an entertainer, um, they they were taking all that time to practice and really refine themselves, and it really showed in play-ins because a lot of those teams would make it way further down the bracket than I ever could, uh, especially teams that knocked us out. How? What's the farthest that you've made it in the play-ins? Uh, top 96. <laughs> so not very far, but... Uh, yeah, it was just it was a combination of us just having to go against really good teams at the beginning and just not being as prepared as we should have been. Now, I can't remember who who have you played 
those with in the past? Have you always played with the same people, or is it like whoever? No, diff- different team each season. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Our teams never really uh, stick together. They usually have other people in mind about halfway through the season, and just everything's locked in. What What are some of the things that you would see in between yourself and the teams that ended up beating you? Uh, the teams that would beat us would be teams that grinded all the tournaments. They would have uh, a lot of previous experience. Usually somebody who's been a veteran of plans and almost made it would be somebody who'd beaten us. Um, usually, and they're just usually really mechanical players that, you know, I, I pride myself on rotations and positioning, but mechanics will slay me because I can't keep up with it. So usually these really high mechanical players are really good against me. Yeah, I feel like it's it's just going to get more and more competitive. Yeah, I agree. And you need a good mixture of the two uh, to be able to go far. You can have all the mechanics in the world, but you'll still fall short of that, that goal of yours if you're not working on everything because somebody out there is. Right. I And I think that's where the the rubber will meet the road as we go and and evolve in this game because there are those players that are extremely mechanical there are those players that are extremely smart mm-hmm. playing the game but as time goes on to keep up and just to be able to compete those two will have to mix more and more together i would say yep i agree and you'll see a lot more of it in the coming seasons now, for RLRS, how many teams stuck around in NA? So there's four teams currently uh, in RLRS. Plans uh, are supposed to determine the last six that get in. Mm-hmm. So we still have to wait on the results of that to figure that out. But yeah, four for now that I'm preparing for, and then um, the rest of the six will be in shortly. And where did Monkey Business end up last season? So Monkey Business is a rebrand of Bullsend. Oh, okay, um, okay. Bullsend ended up sixth last season, so we retained our spot. We have a new roster. Uh, Aeon's in place of Dino, and Aeon right. was on RBG mm-hmm. previously who qualified for LCS. Yeah. Um. So the roster's looking good. Really feeling confident about the season. Um. But yeah, we still have to figure out our opponents <laughs> before and- planning too much. But yeah, season's looking good. Right, and I, f- I feel like, again, going back to these play-ins, every season it seems like there are new, extremely intimidating players to be worried about. Not to mention all the teams that didn't necessarily re-qualify for RLRS fighting mm-hmm. for those spots. Yeah, I mean, each team is a different beast that you got to deal with. No two teams play exactly the same. So you got to be really prepared for each one. Uh, they've been they usually have watched you as the thing, and I haven't been able to watch them because they haven't been on any broadcasts. So oh, it's yeah. it's tough to build a plan against a new team that I haven't really seen that much. I mean, there's scrims and everything, but uh, these teams play a lot differently on stream than they do in scrims. So it's really tough to prepare. So it's really just that game day preparation of just like you have to know what to expect and really cater to every option that might happen (laughs) so it's a lot of planning you feel like teams show up differently when it's 
game day as opposed to scrims? Um, some do. Uh, obviously not all of them, but there's there's some obvious teams that would stand out and not play the same way as they do in scrims. That just might be outside reasons, but I'm not sure. Hmm. Well, yeah, I'm sure there's always those nerves like we talked about just a little bit ago. Yeah, when 20,000 people are watching you, it tends to change how you play a little bit. So That's, that's <laughs> kind of a big deal. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about coaching more normal people since you spent a lot of time on gamers ready and, and yeah. doing your mm-hmm. whole coaching thing there as well what are what are some things that you see people working on consistently uh that what what are common mistakes that you see from from the players that you coach i think about 90 percent of my sessions end up in me saying at some point don't go for back boost <laughs> Holding midline is super important nowadays. Uh, I just I see way too many people having that inclination to have 100 boosts when they could turn and have around 50. So midfield line is really important to hold nowadays, especially with people making a lot of defensive mistakes just because people are able to put such powerful shots on net. It's hard to defend against it. But if you clear it to the corner and nobody's there, then they have the ball back. So being able to have that pressure midfield is really important nowadays. But if you're all the way in the corner, there's no way you're going to get to the ball. Absolutely zero. You've you've already lost at that point. Yeah, you might as well wait for them to hit the ball back to you. Yeah, you give the option to them where if they make the right choice, then they succeed. So do you, like when you're playing, because I feel like this is something that I do as well. I've been working on taking better paths on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. but do you have like if if you were on a field and kind of drawing out what somebody should do and of of course it's never just like the same thing because right. rocket yeah, league is so different um but say somebody just like attempted to hit the ball off the backboard or th- off the corner and is mm-hmm. sitting at you know maybe 15 to 20 boost and would normally go all the way back at the full boost at the mid wasn't there. Do you yeah. have a recommendation of like a path or just looking for a certain different area that they can go to, to be a part of the play and fill up on boost? Like what, what is like a general blurb that you could put about how to better prepare yourself as opposed to going all the way back? Well, it's tough to say without being vague, uh, just because it is a very uh, out there situation. Just because we're only considering two things, uh, there are six players on the field, so you got to just fill the gaps where people aren't. You're a tool in the game. You're a team member. You're not the individual. So, if the ball's not coming to you, support who it is going to, or counter whoever it's going to, depending on if they're on your team or not. You got to be further out to the side if somebody's taking a shot because it's likely to go over the net. If they follow up short, they'll be able to get another touch on it. I see too many people crashing the play. Mm. Um, what do you, just so just so we're clear, what do you mean by crashing the play? Where I see about four cars going for one ball, <laughs> maybe sometimes even five. Where uh, as soon as you're up in the air, you're committed, and that means you're out of the play after the touch for a while. So in that in that scenario, I would just say to play um, off of either you getting the touch if you can, and if you can't, make sure somebody else can and you support them. So it's either aggressive or supportive. Those are your two options. Do you see 
because I feel like I, I fall into this category a lot that uh, some of the players that you coach are over-aggressive. Yes, I, I agree with that. Um, it all comes down to the dodge, really. I mean, the dodge is just such a committing thing, but you get a little bit more power from it, so people feel like they need to use it as kind of a, a crutch whenever they go for something. When you dodge, you're out of the play for about a couple seconds, usually. So it's us- I would I would venture to say that you shouldn't use it unless it's necessary. But a lot of people don't know exactly what that means. Um, a necessary dodge is when you have no other option, but you're 100% sure it's going to be in a certain spot. And that usually means somebody isn't touching it. Because there's kind of that cone of where somebody can hit the ball. And if you can't hit 100% of the cone, the dodge isn't usually worth it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I see pretty much everybody doing it. They dodge at somebody who's trying to trying to have a pass or a shot, and they just kind of assume it's about like 50% chance I'll block it, so I'll dodge at it. Right, not where... only are you missing the ball, you also lose control of your car. Well, it's just nowadays players are so good at putting it around somebody who has a capability of dodging just because everybody does it. So they're really used to knowing how far they have to hit it away from somebody to bait them in. I think for me as well, I'm a very optimistic person, and that yes. translates into my challenges. Yeah, so you, think, you, I feel you see like the when play I see throughout, somebody, right? <laughs> say that again, sorry? You, you see the play throughout. You know what's going to happen. I, I've seen this scenario before. I've dunked this before. I can do it again. Not even that. Like, I, I wish it were that. I wish it were that. It's, it's more almost like I see somebody hit the ball. I think yeah. what I'm realizing is I don't have a very good understanding or perspective on depth and like distance when certain things happen so like i'm getting better at understanding like how far if a ball is at midfield looking at the closest opponent no understanding where i am and getting a good idea of who's going to get to that ball first yep i i had that issue for a long time um it, it just comes down to repetition honestly to to build that consistency of knowing that i can get this or somebody else will just because you have a general uh area of memory of where people typically play in my opinion so you'll know if you're beat even without looking sometimes you still want to look when you can but it's it's more of just knowing where the ball is and using using factors to realize where the ball is because the ball has a trail on it if it's too close to the wall it'll light up the wall a little bit um, the floor indicator shows where the ball is. So there's a lot of ways to tell where it is just by not looking directly at the ball. Um, that's usually what I use for depth perception, at least. Hmm. Interesting. And then another thing that I will do is challenge the ball, but not necessarily from what I would call a strong angle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just not a very solid challenge, which ends up, you know, in worst case scenario, pinching the ball directly towards my net or at least losing that challenge and not necessarily setting up the ball in a place where my next teammate up can either win the ball or put a more effective challenge on that opponent that I just challenged. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, I, I think just said just... challenge a lot of times. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of challenges, so. It happens, but um, the big thing is that a lot of people lack trust in their teammate. 
Now, I understand being in desperate mode if you're like the last one back and they have a shot on net. That makes sense. But a lot of times, if you're challenging as first man um, and getting in someone's face and you dodge at them to pinch it towards your net, that's just because you were too desperate to get any touch at all. Whereas the benefit here is that you were in their face and forced them to make a move that is easy to read for somebody behind you. Because if you're somewhere, they're unlikely to hit it past you. So they'll start defending the other side of where they could hit it to. So you want to have that area of influence that they don't want to put the ball into because somebody behind you will be able to read that. Mm, mm -hmm. So it's a lot of trust. Gross. <laughs> it's, uh, it's certainly one thing that you just have to, uh, for some reason, surrender. You uh, just have to like surrender to the fact that the way that you're going to be most successful sometimes is by allowing your teammates to play the game with you. Yes, and I try to I try to do that each game in some facet. And it can it can certainly be harder sometimes than others. Mhm. Mm Definitely, but I mean, people are the rank they are for a reason. They've done things right, and you have to just find what they are. Yeah, sometimes well, and even now, I think, you know, something has happened with me over the past couple of weeks, and I wish I could put a finger on it, because usually I'm pretty good at articulating when I make realizations in the game. I think one thing that happened a couple of weeks ago is I was I was getting really frustrated because uh, my whenever I would, I, I was just playing the game and feeling really slow. Yes. Uh, you know, whenever mm -hmm. I turned the car, it was really slow. Whenever yep. I would try to just drive somewhere, everything just felt sluggish. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I, I spent a lot of time. I, I won't say a lot of time because it wasn't like hours upon hours, but I spent, you know, at least an hour, hour and a half over a few days just driving and turning the car in different directions and working on uh my my um handbrake my drifting so yep. i could understand exactly what that looked like when i tried to do it so that when i was doing it in a game th there would be so many times where i would want to drift or handbrake and i mean when you handbrake especially to do like a 180 to turn around you don't do that just on a dime and yet my brain was telling me you're going to be able to turn on a dime so just go and especially <laughs> in ones it just doesn't work that way no nope. and and when you're not using the handbrake but trying to turn i mean the turn radius on these battle cars is not very good like yeah. they take really wide turns it's, it's a it's definitely good they added a handbrake option to oh my gosh yes. that is a <laughs> That's always been a problem with people starting out is they just feel like they can't turn very well. But at the same time, if it was higher than that, then they would have a, a tough time trying to adjust towards the ball. The, the turning is, is funny because with handbrake, you have really sharp turns, and without it, you have really smooth, large turns. Mm -hmm. So I think it's at a really good spot to where you have the best of both worlds if you uh, can master handbraking. I wholeheartedly agree. And as simple as it sounds understanding those basics of how the how the car actually functions 
and mastering the that functionality as opposed to trying to will the car to do something that it literally cannot do yeah mm -hmm. is there's a big difference there and that was that was a big change for me and that started to evolve into in my gameplay now that i understand what the car is capable of i can actually start to control the car better and get touches that i might not necessarily have been able to get like i was paying more attention to how my car functions and how i can control it and how i can use that functionality to affect the ball and you know my placement on on the pitch and things of that nature so mm -hmm. i'm starting to notice um when i go for more intricate touches and how i'm missing them as well yeah uh, that's, so uh, that, that's a valuable technique because that's how you learn right and i i think uh it's it's been really nice but then at the same time it it has been a little i don't i don't want to say frustrating <laughs> but the i'm human so the initial right. emotion is certainly frustration because it's almost like my eyes have been open to uh, this whole other level of potential for the game of Rocket League for myself. Uh, and now that I'm there, it's just like, oh my gosh, now I need to elevate myself even further. And this is how I do it, where I wasn't necessarily aware of that before. Yeah, trying to force progress can be pretty frustrating. <laughs> so, it's, Especially when you natural. don't know where you're going right yeah it's it's tough because you just see players that are better than you on a weekly basis it seems like and you just want to get there so bad but it's it's the behind the scenes stuff that they do that you can't see um that makes them that way what was that process like for you when did it when did it click that like oh this is something that i could actually be pretty good at or were you always pretty self-aware of how you were showing up on the pitch like what did that look like for you uh, I mean, for me, I, I take Twitch a lot more seriously nowadays than competitive. Um, I kind of try to find an entertainment factor while trying to win. Sure. So I, I'm juggling a lot at the at the same time, but it, it's still good to improve. Uh, I still like going over replays every now and then and just kind of seeing how I could have done stuff better. Um, at the same time, you know, my my focus was a little distracted because maybe something was happening in chat or something, but. Mm -hmm. uh, Still, there's points where I'm just like, oh yeah, I should have definitely turned there or not gone here, or you know, I didn't even notice that my teammate was in a good spot for a pass there. It's just stuff that you don't really think about during the game, but you can mm -hmm. really reflect on better afterwards. What rank were you when you started streaming? Uh, I was Challenger One, Season Three, which means I'd probably been playing for about forty hours. <laughs> oh if wow! That even yeah. Okay, so you. <laughs> I mean, you've still been able to improve a lot while mm -hmm. mostly doing it through your stream time. Yes. How I you stream pretty late though, right? Yes, I stream um, six p.m. PST usually, starting out, which mm -hmm. is when some people go to bed, <laughs> and I go late. So when do you when do you usually stream till? Uh, between like midnight to 3 a.m., depending on how I'm feeling. Okay. Pretty much every day. Do you ever uh, play when you're not streaming? 
Uh, sometimes. Sometimes I'll just get in and train, but for the most part, it's either streaming or coaching. That's about it nowadays. Well, yeah, especially now with the coaching thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that that certainly takes up a decent amount of time as well. Do you feel like the coaching, especially for the RLRS team, is having any effect on your personal play? Oh, yeah. No, I, I definitely noticed that now I'm making decisions that the players were making during their matches where I noticed that um, stuff that they would um, try to coach to each other um, to try to get better is stuff that I could te- uh, take for myself. Just kind of information they pass along. Uh, it's pretty useful stuff since they're such a such a high caliber player that it, it just feels like I can apply stuff to my own play. So we just kind so of you're all benefit secretly from it. Also getting coached at the yes. same time. Yes, I'm writing down all the tips and tricks for myself. Hey, that's not bad. <laughs> I'm I'm curious like especially since this is your first like RLRS coaching thing, yes. right? Um, my rookie season. Big uh big anticipation. I mean, yes. that's a, that's a that's a big deal. <laughs> I've I've um talked to all my friends about all my all my friends that are coaches currently just about what to expect and they say it's a whole another world so I'm I'm still in the dark on how I'm going to feel that game day, but I'm I'm really excited for it. I'm going to prepare best I can, but at the end of the day, it's just going to be that series, and then it's over. And then you work with what you got. Yep, and then on to the next one. How did that? How did that come about, though? Uh, especially since you don't necessarily have any resume of coaching yep. RLRS teams. Uh, I was coaching some bubble teams before that. Okay. Um, so I kind of had a little bit of experience, but I, they definitely know who I am just from streaming. A lot of the players did anyway. I see. Um, so I got my name in for a tryout and I was sitting in, in one of their scrims and they really liked how I was responding to things. So they kept me around. Oh, you like tried out as their coach. Yep. I tried out. Huh? Well, that's cool. Good for you then. Yep. I was, I was (laughs) curious when I saw your name, I mean, obviously I wasn't like, what? That's crazy. He's just a streamer. Yeah, a lot of people said that. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure. But and uh, it's, it's I justifiable because you, you don't really see behind the scenes on stuff. So I'm not I'm not angry at anyone who says that. It's just sure. they don't they don't know all the facts is the thing. So I I would hate for hate to tell them they're wrong when they just don't know better. But you're wrong. I don't mind telling wrong, them. So. <laughs> don't judge a book by its cover. Come on, people. But that's okay. That that makes a little bit more sense then. That's yes. that's really cool. So maybe uh, interesting question: um, Have you done any coaching of other things in the past? Um, not really. I mean, I did uh, substitute teaching as my job out of college to kind of have ends meet. So I kind of have that teacher mentality, I guess. So that might, that might stem from how I coach just a little bit, just kind of having patience with people, but. Uh, for the most part, no, I have not coached at least privately or for a team before Rocket League. Was there anything else in your life uh, growing up um, or just like, I mean, any any time in your life, like I said, that you have really invested the kind of time that you've invested into Rocket League? Or is this kind of a a, a completely different thing for you? 
Uh, nope. I say it's probably the first thing that I'm really passionate about, and I just work hold wholeheartedly on. Just because before I was just kind of a kind of a guy who just did whatever I had to to get by, and then when it was good, I just kind of shipped it out. You know, <laughs> gave it huh. gave it B effort probably, and then and called it good. You would you would say that the effort that you put in over time was not the same kind of effort that you put in to other things in life. Yeah, definitely. No, Rocket League. And just streaming, coaching, I, I, I give it 10 out of 10. All I got. Huh. That's so, that's so interesting. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of making that transition from player to coach, was there anything that really helped you in terms of like the work ethic that you have learned that you were capable of with playing it that you put into coaching that really kind of set you apart you feel um not so much as a player just because i feel like most of my presence is just being confident and that came more from streaming than being a player so i i know the information i want to convey i can convey it well that's kind of where my coaching expertise stems from not really so much as being a player uh it's more just having a good solid voice and making sure that it's heard well and making sure that everybody feels comfortable knowing everything that they're supposed to. Cause sometimes these players want to talk to each other about things, but they can't accurately communicate it. So I'll sit down one-on-one, make sure I understand exactly what they're talking about and then communicate it to everybody. Huh? That's, that's cool. Um, how, how old are those guys on the team? Um, I believe that the average age is 18. Okay. I want to say um, one of them is out of high school. The other two are still in. So not the youngest team that has ever existed in Rocket Yeah, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really interesting, though, and I, I like hearing that. Because um, I, I almost feel especially I'd be interested to know your thoughts on this, considering mm-hmm. that you are not the same caliber of player as them. No. Sometimes not at all. would you say that it's almost more like a a conversation of like hey I I watched the last matches these are the things that I saw and then you get feedback and maybe have a back and forth as opposed to just like you spouting things um or not spouting but just like right you saying um, things and then they take it like do you do you get feedback so I'm not as much as a teacher role, if that makes sense, but I'm more of a catalyst for the progress we're trying to achieve. I try to figure out what everybody wants, and I got to make it happen. Mm. So it's not so much as my ideals that I'm trying to push on people, because I'm not the player here. I, uh, if, I, if I had the ideas to make stuff work, I would be an RLRS. You know, these guys are, these guys are the good players, but to communicate their information that has the game-winning techniques, we have to make sure everybody's on the same page, so I got to understand it. I got to make sure it's digestible for everyone and each of the players have something to add. That's the important thing. It's not one player is telling everybody what to do. It's all three of them have the ideas to win and we have to combine it to make the ultimate team. The ultimate team. Right. So I'm just, I'm, (laughs) I'm constructing, you know, it's like, it's like building Legos. I got to figure out the best combination here to, to have like the sound structure. Well, and I feel like you have done that with yourself to an extent to get you to where you are mm-hmm. play-wise. I'd say that, yep. Um, it's just, 
they they just have so much raw talent you know it's it, it'd go to waste without you know somebody putting it together so i'm glad they they put me aboard just because i know that they have the capabilities to make it far but yeah. just that little extra effort is what separates you from losing game five to winning game five so it's really important and i remember that they they won a tournament last year um i can't remember what the tournament was called uh but i You're remember about them Bolson? say it again you talking about Bolson? Yeah. Yeah, Bolson uh, won WGN. Yeah, so obviously they have the ability to show up and, and perform at a high level. Yep, uh, they they have experience. This will be their second season. None of them are rookies to the RLRS scene. So it's it's looking like, you know, we just really have a good plan and we have a solid, solid chance going into the season. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Exciting. That is that is a good way to look at it because mm-hmm. I'm I'm <laughs> sitting here thinking like, man, RLRS seems like it was just super competitive last year. You never knew. I mean, obviously, there's always the top and the bottom, right? Clear, like clearly, but then, man, you know, like one ball bounces differently than you expect, or one little thing, and that takes you from first to fourth all of a sudden. Uh, so I'm, and I, I don't see it getting any easier either. No, it's just going to keep getting more competitive, but I mean, everyone's improving. So as long as you're improving faster than the average player, then you're going to be doing well. Yeah. Going back to what I said a little bit earlier about you and just being able to analyze things and how that could have benefited you as a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk? To that a little bit more because I, I I think one thing that I'm certainly figuring out and I think would benefit uh, other people out there in the infinite boost land is maybe how to be a little bit more critical in the sense of like being able to analyze your own game not critical in the sense of like beating yourself up yeah and really not being biased towards your own gameplay and looking at it you know as much as possible um, from, you know, a clean slate. Yeah, of course. Um, Just kind of going back through my timeline uh, way back in the day, uh, 2017 Lando was a very bitter person, I'd say. I just, I'd blame every loss on everyone else. I was just very confused why things weren't working. Um, And then I met Randy. (laughs) And man, that guy really changed my mentality. He, He sat me down and he's like, listen, you can be a good player and still be positive. And I didn't really understand what that meant at the time, but over time, um, I kind of did understand when you know certain players wouldn't team with me because of my mentality. They were saying that you know the way I approached things was wrong, and I just I didn't I didn't want to listen to it, so I just ignored them. And then somebody came from a very loving space and told me that you can do this better, but you gotta you gotta approach it better. So you have to understand that. That means yourself as well. You can't be mean to others. You can't be mean to yourself because at the end of the day, a positive environment promotes the best growth. Period. That's just that's just how it works. So you have to be looking each game critically, but not to the point of detriment. Uh, expand on that a little bit. So I mean, you you come down to you know a. And over time, it's probably lasted like two or three minutes. And let's say your teammate 
uh, goes for a block. He hits it middle, and then one of the other teams just slams it in. Is that game completely lost uh, from education value? No, there was a lot of gameplay there. Look over the stuff that mattered. You can get frustrated at that one guy and say, well, this game didn't happen, I guess, in my mind. I'm just going to forget it ever happened. But there were things during the game that you could have done personally to change it. And just because it came down to one mistake and you lost doesn't mean that the game itself wasn't a learning value. You know, you could look back and see that you actually performed quite well. And here's what you did well. So do those things more often. And here's what your teammates did well. You need to capitalize that on, uh, capitalize on those things more. You know, it's, it's, it's more down to treating, treating yourself with respect and others with respect because that's how you benefit the most. How did you happen upon meeting Ranny? Because, I mean, obviously you guys were both streamers, so you yeah. had to have been aware of each other. Yeah, so I, I hit up Ranny uh, for Season 4 RLCS because I didn't know... I'd never been to RLCS before. I was flying over there with not a lot of money, not a lot of friends. And I was just like, hey, I really just wanted to hang out with the group. And he's like, yeah, I'll take you in. So uh, I texted him. We hung out and we really hit it off really well. I mean, him and I are still good friends to this day, obviously. But I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> that was about two and a half years ago. My goodness. Um, yeah, it just, it just stemmed from us really having you know a love for the game and just wanting to be around each other. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and it's really and you cool. would say that uh, prior to that, like you just had a a poor mentality. Oh yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Just so that's that's so intriguing. Yes, I mean he had um, a lot to teach, you know, and I I really took it to heart when he said that I had a lot of opportunity, but I just wasn't wasn't approaching it the right way. That meant that just that sunk in a lot at the time. Is that exactly what he said? Like, did it? I'm I'm so intrigued when people get hit by like a like a ton of bricks, mm-hmm. you know. Like, and it's it's almost like, and I I've said this before on the podcast. Like when when Neo goes full Neo, and then all of a sudden all he sees uh-huh. is just the Matrix. It's like <laughs> yep. you wake up and you just see the world differently. That was exactly what it was. I'm, that's a really good. That's a really good um, metaphor for how it, how it happened because it was just everything was all cloudy and then rainy. <laughs> you know, he says those words of just like you have a lot of potential, but you're just not using it properly, and it's your mentality. And then the next day, I just was like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna practice this, just like it's a mechanic, just like it's rotation, just like it's positioning. I'm gonna practice my mentality." And it took some time, but I, you know, I really ran with it. And I. Dude, that's that's such a really powerful thing to say, and I I hope that if you're listening to this, you can let that sink in. Like it it really is, uh, it really is like a muscle. It really is like a mechanic. Mm-hmm. It yep. it takes practice. Um, and I, and, I've seen I've seen the best people at it still fail, but they bounce back, and that's that's the important part is that you don't have to be perfect. And you got to realize that when you have your down moments, you'll bounce back and be just fine, but you got to actively practice it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Uh, even so I've been trying to think of a way that I can, uh, wind this into this episode. Um, I'm, I'm currently right now on a break because we're recording from going through the entire, uh, dribble challenge two for the first time. Uh, <laughs> uh so I tweeted out earlier today that I hope to get through it in two hours. And I was making really good time. And then I ran into level 24. 
Um, I have the record on that map, right? <laughs> you do? Yep. Yep. Oh, I have like, the fastest time on that map. <laughs> like the record? Yep, the record. Oh, One what only. is it? Uh, six thirteen. Wow. Six minutes thirteen seconds on that dribble map. Holy cow! I grinded Some... it for four months to get down to that time, but yeah, I really wanted that record. <laughs> Sometime we should uh, we should do a race. Give me give me a couple weeks, and we should do a race, and we can see how many times right. you can beat it <laughs> in the time that it takes me to finish it once. Yeah, sounds good. I could do that. That would be funny. Um, I love that map. <laughs> it's, but in terms of just like mentality and failure and things like. So I was on level, I, when I say level 24, I'm sure you know exactly what I yep, mean. I do. Um, and so uh, on the dribble challenge overhaul, it counts how many times you restart something. Yes, the failure counter, as I yeah, like to call so, it. So for level 24, mine was 230. Um, and I was I was really getting frustrated. Like there were at mm-hmm. least... I will say at least once because I don't know if it came into my mind twice for sure. Once or twice where I was just like, this is stupid. I'm quitting. Like this is this is enough for today. Yep. Um, and I, I didn't. I kept going and I ended up finally beating it on try, you know, 231. And then I went on right on to level 25, which is also pretty difficult. Yes. But it almost got to the point, and level 25 only took me 86 tries, which I was proud of. Um, But it got to a point on level 25 where all of a sudden I just thought to myself, every single time I fail, I have the opportunity to think about why I failed and try something different the next time. Like These failures do not mean anything about who i am as a player or as a person or as a human being like it's it's just me messing up i've never done it before so just and for whatever reason i actually started enjoying the process again yes exactly messing up screwing things up it was it was almost fun of like okay this is how i mess this up let's try it again let's go again and it going back to what you said about mentality and it being a practice and getting better at it. And especially when it comes to failing, like you're going to fail and it's not like you have to have a smile on your face and be super happy about it. But as you get better with that positive mindset, it's, it's the ability, like you said, to bounce back faster each time. Yes, exactly. And you know, (laughs) those who succeed the most have failed the most as well. Um, so any, any taste of failure you have, they've experienced tenfold. So it's important to be able to bounce back cause it's just going to keep happening again, but that's how success happens. So, right. And putting yourself in a place where you screw things up, uh, as backwards as it seems like give yourself the opportunity to screw things up because you will learn more in those screw ups so that you can, especially in a game like there, there has certainly been plenty of times and I'm sure you have examples of this yourself where you won't do something because you know, you're going to screw it up. Yep. So it's almost just as easy to not do it. Yeah. And that's a, that's a very tough mentality to get around because what's the point of trying if I'm going to try my best and it's not good enough. 
Yeah, exactly. But then you're left with the question of why didn't I try for the rest of your life? So that's that's the that's the balance you have to have. If you want to try, you got to try your best. And if you don't try, then you're gonna have questions later. Yeah, so failure is almost worth it at that point, in my mind, anyway. Right, and I, you, I, you couldn't say it any better than that, especially with like how young the average player is in Rocket League, and I know that not every single person that plays Rocket League is listening to this. But the sooner that you get comfortable screwing things up and something like a video game is such a nice way to get used to something like that. Yep. Making mistakes and failure so that you can then get comfortable with it and take it into other things in your life, whether that's, you know, a career or I mean, it's it's as simple as like dating, too. Like I think about taking risks in Rocket League and how I live through all of them and I don't die and I feel okay and I actually learn things. I'm like, I wish when I was in college, I understood that if I went up to somebody and said something stupid, that I'd still wake up the next day. Yeah. Or if I embarrassed myself, (laughs) I'd be okay. Yeah, it's, it's super it, funny because it's it's super applicable, you know, to like most things in life. And most of these kids that have been grinding Rocket League are some of the most mature people I know, even more mature than some of my friends that I have that are much older. It's just because they took it seriously and learned from it. Right. And and can really speak so intelligently about the game and look at themselves in a completely different way than I was looking at myself when I was 16 17 18 mm-hmm. i mean i can remember uh you know my friend john being over and john was very good at board games uh especially like risk and yep. he would want to play that game and i'd be like no 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 like you're just gonna beat me i don't want anything to do with that like i would i would take myself out of any possibility that i would lose something because i couldn't stand the thought of losing like i'd rather Mm -hmm. just not do it i'd rather not oh maybe i could learn how to be better at this no i'm just not gonna do it and you know i am taking a very different approach to rocket league and that's why i'm sitting at 134 minutes right now on the dribble two challenge the dribble (laughs) challenge two because nothing is going to keep me from finishing this thing Yep, that's that's how I was with uh Leth's challenge, Leth's dribble challenge. It took me six hours to beat Ooh. first time around. And you know, I just said I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I don't care how long it takes, I'm just gonna finish it. Did you do that on stream? Yep, I did that on stream. <laughs> All I six bet hours. That was of it. probably one of the best streams you've ever had. Yep. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Just seeing everybody come in and be like, Oh, you're still on this level. All right, I'll be back in an hour. <laughs> and I'm like, All right, I'll probably still be on it. Do you there's a game, I, it's called like I want to be the Bashi. Have you ever heard yep. of that? Yep, I, I I love watching it. I don't dare play it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, are you familiar with Moon Moon? Yes, I am. So I used to be a really big uh, Moon Moon fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still am. I still enjoy his streams. Um, I actually really got into watching him when he was an Overwatch player. That's how I found him. 
um, and really enjoyed watching him play Overwatch. And I don't watch him as much because I'm not necessarily always into the games that he's playing. Right. But uh, I did really enjoy watching him play Bashi. Yes. Uh, and it's like that is exactly just like playing some training pack that you're trying to learn in Rocket League. <laughs> And it, just watching him rage over and over again <laughs> was so enjoyable. And I'm sure it's just the same with like watching you do the Lethemir dribbling challenge. Yeah, I mean, because everybody deep down wants to see you succeed. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny, but like the more times you fail, the more that anticipation rises of like he can do it, but it, it depends on his patience. Yeah, that's, that's really good content. And a good point like there were sometimes there would be like five to ten to fifteen different attempts on some of these levels where i would just get impatient and just go like just hit the ball <laughs> and try and go and that's not necessarily the best way to start especially like level 24 it's not yes. necessarily good to just blast into it yeah the swinging uh, pizzas take down a lot of fast players <laughs> and uh, those things are so uh i <laughs> I know that I'm going to have to go back and practice that level some more, but at the same time, yeah. it's helping me increase my skill so much in yes, that it is. left to right ball control. So it'll it'll be worth it in the end. What is what's one thing that right now you would say that you're avoiding in your own game in Rocket League from taking the time to improve? Um, like if you had as... the time, because I know you obviously have the stream yeah. going on and coaching, if you had more time and you knew that with that time you would be avoiding something with your Rocket League game, what would you say that it is? I think I have the right steps in place. I just don't put enough effort into training to get better as a player right now. I'm just every avenue I'm taking is more towards coaching and streaming right now. Mm hmm. Um, and that's just kind of a personal choice. It's not something that I regret. It's definitely sure. something that I would prefer. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just I'm trying to revamp my stream now. So I wish I had done it earlier with just new graphics and making sure it looks a little more polished. Yep. Uh, been kind of lazy on that, even though I put in a lot of time. I think I streamed 2,079 hours last year, which is just short of 40 hours a week. Oh every wow. Week. <laughs> Um, That's no joke. So I I put a lot of time into it, but I should have put a little bit more hours into refining the whole thing instead of just getting more hours total. Probably. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of the approach I'm going to be going for in the next year. But yeah, I think doing that a little sooner would have benefited me more. Probably. Mm hmm. What uh, what would you say is the weakest part of your own Rocket League game? I think you might have said like mechanics earlier. Yeah, it's probably mechanics. It comes down to just uh, not being able to beat some of these players that are really well refined. I have, I would say, quote unquote, decent mechanics for my skill level, but uh, definitely will not be the guy hitting clip shots in most lobbies. Yeah. Uh, I'm usually in the right spot. I'll make the right decision, typically. And that's usually what benefits the team the most. So I tend to go for those things. Well, and in terms of where you're at, being able to do that stuff somewhat mindlessly because it's just in your being. Yeah. <laughs> being able to play at a high level while not putting tons of concentration into it. So you can and while still, streaming. <laughs> yeah. So you can still like interact as much as you would like to is, is, you know, 
certainly something to be proud of. Yeah, the joke is that I have one eye on the game and one eye on chat during games. Because <laughs> right. people don't understand how I can do both at the same time. I'm playing 1,700 lobbies and still reading every message that I can. Right. Being able to play at like a mid-grand champ level and read a chat of 100 to 150 people <laughs> on a consistent basis, I mean, that's that's something to be proud of. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a skill that I've had to practice. Everyone just assumes that I was really good at it at the beginning. I just always... Always tried at it, you know, and that's mm-hmm. that's kind of how everything goes. Uh, it almost for my seems life. like we've been talking about that for the past yep. half hour. <laughs> just just doing it. That's that's pretty much the 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 basis for everything I do. Hmm. And it's it's so interesting that uh, Rocket League pulled that out of you. Yes, I I did not have this for pretty much anything except for this game and streaming. What did you major in in college? Uh, mechanical engineering. So, I mean, so you understand what it takes to like put in some effort into I something. I definitely took that work ethic from college and applied it to streaming. Yeah. I definitely did that. Cause, um, uh, but I did not enjoy college at all. <laughs> it was not it was not fun for me. Right, you worked at it, but it was not as fun as what you're doing now. Exactly, which means I just doubled down my efforts for streaming just because i i enjoy it so much well that's that's all that matters i mean that's what it takes is just putting in the effort cool man well that's that's great i'm it's it it almost just like warms my heart to hear (laughs) that story because there are so many people like i am i am a person that has always been interested in a lot of different things Mm-hmm. And intrigued by a lot of different things, and I, like I, I used to sell real estate, so I understand like owning your own business, which is a lot like streaming. Like streaming is your business. Yep, hundred percent. And what you put in, you get out. So I one hundred percent understand that success really just comes in, uh, comes down to the work that you put into something. Uh, and you know, for a game that I love so much in Rocket League. Um, for that, that the game unlocked that in you, um, is just really fun to hear because, you know, I, of course, and I'm sure you would agree with this think that rocket league is something really special. So yes, hundred percent. uh, for it to have done something like that for you. And of course, you know, MJ tweets, you know, every hour about how grateful she is for this game (laughs) and, and what it's been able to do for her. Uh, yes. you know, it's, it's something really, really special. I, I wholeheartedly agree. So speaking of wholeheartedly agree, I think this would be a good time to uh, start winding down the show yep, after course. a very nice conversation. So the first part of that here on the infinite boost podcast is any, uh, final thoughts that you would like to share with, with the audience. Well, I just think everybody's capable of something. You'll find your place and whatever you want to do. Now, I'm not saying that everybody needs to go find a career in, you know, esports or streaming, but um, if you're passionate about something, I mean, just go for it. And there's really nothing holding you back other than yourself. Amen. Totally agree with that. Um, okay, next step is, um, gosh. What is the next step? Here we go. 
Uh, where can people find you out on the internet? So I go by McLando on Twitch. It's MC underscore L-A-N-D-O. Uh, on YouTube, it's without the underscore. And then on Twitter, I have uh, McLando Twitch without the underscore. So that's I'm on those religiously. <laughs> I'm I'm there all the time. On the on the Twitter, everything Twitter, Discord, um, Reddit, pretty much everything. You'll see me. You'll see my name around if you're at all around Rocket League, just because I'm pretty obsessive about it. But yeah, I'm, I'm mainly on Twitch though, pretty much every night. Yeah, I I would hope so. It is your job. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, uh, any question that you might have for the audience, just anything of curiosity that you might have, might not even be Rocket League related, but uh, you can throw out a question to the audience of uh, Infinite Boost, and you might even get a few answers, hopefully. Uh, I think my question for you guys would be, what is your favorite Rocket League moment? Whether it was just you know a certain game you had or a teammate you played well with. Uh, if you have a good moment, I would love to read about it. Nice. Good question. Good question. Um, well, uh, I will look forward to getting some responses on that. Yes. Uh, Lando, <laughs> thank you so much for coming to spend some time with me here on the show. It was very enjoyable. I hope you enjoyed yourself as well. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I, Good. I appreciated this. Good. Yeah, I I've really enjoyed doing this over it's it's been 6 months now. I'm not exactly sure what number this is and I didn't even say it at the beginning <laughs> and I haven't been saying it. I've just kind of been going into it now right. since I switched over. <laughs> but I know that I I know that I've crossed the half year mark, which That's is crazy. Awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. It was just this silly idea that I got, and and look at me now. Yes, you're doing great. Oh well, that's. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I think you have really good uh, podcast etiquette, and you, yeah, you, you know, you ask a lot of good questions. It's very thought provoking. I think, I think this is a very enjoyable experience, not only for me but people listening as well. I sure hope so. We're just <laughs> a, so. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to start getting people that. Uh, respond quickly about coming on the show and are a little mm -hmm. bit more enthusiastic about it. So I've been able to like get ahead of the game a little bit. Um, so as of right now, I'm just about to cross over 10,000 downloads. It would have already happened by the Whoa. time that this one goes live. Uh, but um, let's see where we're at right now. I'm at 9,400 right now. Which is That's just awesome. <laughs> it's just in it's it's incredible considering you know not knowing what would happen with this whole thing. Uh, the fact that you know people listen on such a consistent basis is just yeah, very. Yeah, I'm kind of glad you told me this towards the end and not the beginning. <laughs> I'm oh. a bit more nervous. <laughs> ten, yeah, it's it's ten thousand downloads over the past six months. It's not ten thousand downloads a week. Hey, that's a lot of downloads. Still, I'm saying it'll be. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. I think you know once podcasts continue to get more and more popular more and more people will catch yes, on but uh I, I love podcasts too so i see the market growing quite a bit just yeah, from what definitely. i've seen yeah I, I thoroughly enjoy it but uh enough about me this isn't about me patting myself <laughs> on the back sorry yeah, i keep deviating <laughs> yep no that's totally okay uh, i will just say again lando uh thank you so much for coming on i appreciate you spending the time with me good luck this season uh, and yeah, again you know the business. season has already started for you <laughs> Yes, uh, we got well. We got six days until kickoff for our first series, so uh, 
getting ready for that 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 game one jitters to go away but yeah go monkey business go support monkey business go monkey business uh i will say now that when this airs i hope that you guys are having a lot of success in your season yes um and we'll look forward to that continuing throughout the rest of the season um and who knows even making that rlcs run that would be very exciting Um, that's the goal oh you said that's that's the goal yes it certainly is i will i will uh, certainly root on for that uh but that's all uh lando thanks for coming and thanks for the boost yep thank you for having me appreciate you